Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2023. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast for our pre-season preview number eight. So we're kicking off our pre-season review for the Sharks and the Seagulls tonight. And it's great to have you guys listening again. I'm your host, Stuart Lord. As night, I'm joined by Mitch Brown, who is our expert physio. How are you going? Good, mate. Last uh, podcast before Teamless Tuesday. It's starting to get a little bit exciting. I'm feeling the season coming on, that preseason lethargy. I, I'm clearly not a preseason uh, podcaster because this has been a tough one. Like, you know, considering retirement next year, just so I don't have to go through that preseason. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's 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 tough work ha- having to show up for a couple of hours each week and chat chat about injuries. I, I know, Mitch, I, I feel for you, mate. Uh, exactly right. No, no. I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Let's get it on. That's it. I think your opponents will be loving you, mate. There's plenty of people hopped on your uh, head-to-head uh, league Look, as well. Not to digress too much, but, you know, I would have thought that our listeners, having the knowledge they have by listening to us, would want better challenges with Nick and Stu. But if they want to flog the easy beat, well, that's on them. <laughs> And also joining us, we have Nick Lord, who's our stats guru, uh, new father and fantasy nugget. How you going, Nick? What it do, baby? Hey. Go well, mate. Go well. Awesome. Good to hear it. So, guys, everyone out there, so we've got our NRL leagues up. We've actually filled up all of our regular leagues, so we've actually just made a couple more. So if you want to join a sort of a new player or sort of like a player sort of learning how to play a bit more league, we have at least one more of those with some spots available and we've got a couple of spots in our competitive league number two as well so uh yeah good games all around we also mate, got... how's your chaos league looking like is it uh is it filling up yet oh chaos league's full mate it's oh. funny it's, it's one of those ones where like the likely fellas join in so uh it's it's all people who who just want to come and have a little bit of fun it actually works pretty well for head-to-head because in head-to-head, you don't have weeks off for games anyway. Oh, yeah. So if you're playing overall, like, uh, yeah, ha- having having head-to-head league where you play all the bias is, is not too bad for you. Is this your new meta, Stu, so you can beat us up in both? <laughs> I'm trying, mate. I'm trying, but we'll see how we go. Anyway, so we've also got our overall league. Check out all our promos on our Facebook page for those. So looking at this week, guys, we're starting off with the Sharkies. And I left them to last because, to be honest with you, like... You know, we are a little bit tired by the end of the season. And the Sharkies, there's really not many changes or losses here. So just having a look at the gains and losses for the Sharks, bring up now. So 2023 gains, they've got Dan Ankinson, who's joined Max Bradbury, Oricon Kafusi from the Parramatta Eels, Sam Stone Street, and Siteni Taukemo. So looking at most of these signings, they're from reserve grade uh moving up into the top 30s that's always a strong look in a team isn't it mitch yeah it certainly is they 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 might actually be a better unit than last year so it'll be interesting another year is together as a team another year with the coach yeah i reckon they'll certainly be looking better and guys the freedom the problem with this team is they still got matt moylan as their 5-8 so you can't win a premiership with him there sorry to say hmm uh look it'll certainly be surprising if they do then again you know Stranger things have happened. So, and look, speaking of stranger things, so 2023 losses, Andrew Fafida has retired and is off to get one of, I think, four or five surgeries for his postseason career that he needs. Uh, Luke Metcalf went mid-season to the New Zealand Warriors. Lockie Miller quickly ducked off to the Newcastle Knights. Franklin Peely has gone across to the Bulldogs. And Aidan Tolman has also retired. So guys, by the look of this... There's really not too much of a change there. Like, if I'm looking at this, Metcalf didn't really play last year. Fafita was playing 25 of the best off the bench. Tomlin was playing 35 of the best. That was pretty much it. Is this team better or worse than last year? What do you think, Nick? It's got to be about the same, right? Uh, Slightly worse. Um, A lot of the depth has been drained um, because, you know, their first or second drops were always good because they really had a solid 2021 sort of players particularly that crowded board pack. So that's obviously dropped a little bit now. So they've got to be a little bit worse, right? Because I I, don't, well, I can honestly say, I don't know any of the guys they gained except Oregon Confuci. And I don't well, even think he barely played last year, right? Oh, well, I think Confuci certainly got less time since he shuffled, uh, since he signed with another team. 
So, but look, he, he's a decent bench player. I think he'll continue to play a pretty good bench role for them. Uh, but look, they were pretty stacked up front at the moment. Like if you've if you've got guys like Cam McInnes coming off the bench, you've got to be doing pretty good in your forward stocks, right? Is Cam McInnes a forward? He's in this. He plays as a lock. Or, or, is, or is he a hooker? I'm just, I'm just joking, mate. I just don't think he's a, hey, he's a genuine he's, forward. He's a hooker who's being forced to play in the pack. Oh, but Come he's back also... to St. George, Cam. Come back. I was wrong. Come back. <laughs> back. Nah, enjoy Jacob Little. <laughs> oh, Christ. Anyway. We've got to hit rock bottom. we just got to hit it, all right? That's what we got to do. <laughs> Mate, you don't get a draft pick for coming last. So... <laughs> the, the, the issue is, is that sometimes you hit so hard, mate, it's like a plane crash. Like he, Humpty Dumpty doesn't go back together again. You're just flaming bits in the Alps. It, it, it might be Apollo Creed in Rocky Four. It's like, you know, he, he went down and he did not come back up. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, let's keep on looking at the Sharkies. Uh, so let's talk about the injuries. Kay Dykes, Mitch. Yeah, so ACL last week. That'll be the season for Cade. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully 2024 is a better year. Uh, Matt Ikevalu's due. So we were just talking about that before. He was probably going to struggle uh, to get into this squad with their current depth tree. Uh, he has a patella rupture, which we were talking about with Connor Watson only a few days ago. And uh, that is, oh, gosh, that's such a bad injury. That is honestly the worst musculoskeletal injury I could I could think of in the lower limb. Like, I'd rather tear my hamstring off the bone. I'd rather tear my Achilles. Um, it tear is, your it testicles is lo- off? Yep. No. Mm. <laughs> oh. Do I, is it one or two? <laughs> Mate, if you're doing, you got to do, okay, fine. I'll leave you with one. Leave you with the Hitler. Wait, uh, no, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather, Giselle, the, right? I'd rather the testicle, man. Like the patella tendon is a is a career killer. That's like you know, like in Thor four, it's it's a god killer sort of thing. It, that's that's a potential shadow realm for him. So hopefully it's not, but it's a bloody tough injury to come back from. I've rehabbed them. Uh, in the NRL, we can get them back in nine months, but you know, in the clinic, it can be up to like eighteen months. It is a beast of an injury. Uh, Ronaldo Molotalo. So it's a minor e- knee injury. He was rested uh, in the preseason. There really wasn't much info around, but he is expected to start round one. And I really think it was probably just a precaution to keep him uh, as healthy as possible going to the games that actually matter. Awesome. Uh, Nick, can you take us through the strength of schedule while uh, Mitch goes and uh, gets porked? Another way of saying he's about to go eat dinner. <laughs> I'll be back, boys. <laughs> I was in the streets of schedule, guys. Um, they, the Sharkies, they got the buys around 6, 13, and 17, so they finish up pretty early, which is good. Uh, they have the seventh easiest overall schedule. Um, and between the three periods that we split them up, they got the fifth easiest, rounds 1 to 12. They got the same fifth, fifth easiest, rounds 13 to 12 for the or- 20 for the origin period. And they got the fifth hardest run home for rounds 21 to 27. So it's really not too hard a uh, start running up to the round six buy. So round one, they got the Rabbitohs at home, the Eels away, the Raiders away, the Dragons away, and the Warriors at home. So they really could go, you know, four and one um, in their first five heading into the buy. Um, they then have a really soft run over the origin period, uh, especially without any origin lock sort of sitting within the Sharks squad, um, despite having the reigning Dalian player of the year, who may not even get a run in. Um, so the round 13 bye, they then have the Broncos round 14 at home. They have the Storm round 15, he'll be at full strength, but luckily they have them at home at Shark Park. But then they have the Bulldogs at home round 16, round 17 bye. Round 18, they got the Dragons. Round 19, they got the Tigers away. And then round 20, they got the Warriors away. So, yeah, a couple of hard ones, but really there's some easy pickups along there. The last four games, guys, fairly good. You got the Titans at home, rounds 24. The Cowboys away, which would be a nasty road trip up to Townsville, rounds 25. The Knights away, rounds 26. And the Raiders to finish up the season at home for rounds 27. So in terms of teams they have twice, we've got the Doggies, Cowboys, Dragons, Knights, Rabbitohs, Raiders, Seagulls and Warriors. But overall, guys, uh, I think um, to have awesome teams to have twice, um, considering they avoided the Panthers, the Storm, and the Roosters twice, which I think is a bit of a win for them. Mm. Um, I think the round six buy is a little bit awkward uh, for cashies especially. So, I mean, five rounds is enough to make you a little bit of cash, but 
um, how many weeks would it say take for someone to meet that 150k rice stew? It would take that eight well, weeks or something, right? Depends on how quickly they score, mate. They get a 45 first week. They could get there in three weeks. So it it just it depends on the player. If they if they start off slow, like they just average what they're going to end at, then yeah, probably five weeks, maybe a five to eight. You just can't predict it. Yeah, yeah, it is it is tricky. So it's just a little bit awkward. So it's not saying don't get on cashies, but um, there are many, mate. A, it's it's all right. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Um, so the final buy, this is probably the most important part of my opinion, is in round 17, which means you have a really clean run home for non-origin guns uh, for the run home. So I'd really consider loading up on those guns post uh, by round 17. So you're thinking your Hines, your Ramians if you like him, Mulatalo if he's going all right. Blake um, Braley as well. Oh, he, he'd be a great Ben Chooker for sure. Yep. Um, uh and they only missed one of the Chaos Rounds guys, which is around 13 by, which is super handy. So, really, um, after you get past that round six by, it is a very clean schedule um, overall, right, Stu? Is, which we like. So, unfortunately, when we get to this predicted 17, the issue is just that it's hard to find the players that we really want to pick up here. So, let, let's segue into that one. So, the guys that we have starting here, so we've got uh, Will Kennedy starting at fullback uh, and he's definitely starting at fullback because Kay Dykes is now out for the season uh, we've got Sione Katoa and Ronaldo Militalo on the wing Jesse Raymond and CSC Fatalakai at centre on the halves Matty Moyland and Nico Hines at prop we have Toby Rudolph and likely Braden Hamlin Newaley uh, Blake Braley at hooker uh, on the edge in the back row we have Britton Nakora and Teague Wilton, who, you know, it's pretty much been confirmed by Wayne Graham himself that uh, yeah, Teague will be starting there. And at lock, we have Dale Finucane as the captain. On the bench, we've probably got some combination of uh, Cam McInnes, Wade Graham, Oregon Confuci, and Royce Hunt, if he's fit. So that's that's the likely 17 for the team. And of course, unfortunately... Mate, no, no lateral movement in that bench, hey? Like, none of those guys can move from side to side. And they, no. They're all, they're all north-south type of players. They certainly are. Oh, Wade Graham's got a little bit of... He's got a fair bit of skill set in him. Mate, he's 34, 35, though. Like, that, I, I love Wade Graham, but at that age, like, come on. How old? He's 32, bro. Is he? 32. Oh, right, okay. He he's just, just been playing he's since he's been... He, yeah. he started as an 18-year-old. Yeah, right. So that's why, that's why he's got so many years under his belt. So, look, uh, looking at this side, there's really no movement from last year. And as we're going to talk about in our uh, pre-season, uh, I guess, Understanding How to Play podcast that uh, should be coming out on the weekend, really we're looking for guys in new positions or in new teams or with new roles. And unfortunately, the Sharkies, Nick, I really don't see anyone stepping up much to any of those things. Do you? I do. I see one. Ah. Um, so if you want, I'll kick it off. Please. Uh, Teague Wilton, guys. 536k. I, I, Stu gave me Teague Wilton to look at, and as soon as I was done, he went straight into my team. So he's an edge, 37 break even, and he averaged 37.5 last year. Is one point seven percent ownership when I wrote this? I'll just double check that at the moment. Four percent now. Four percent. Okay, so he's up. Um, Nineteen games in the back row uh, for his career with a point six four ppm, right? Which is pretty solid for a back rower. If you can get that up to point seven five, point eight, you're looking at yeah, Angus Crichton, iPappies, but point six four, that's respectable. So I'm assuming he gets the eighty minute roll, and I'm locking him into around a fifty one average which makes him just an absolute big boom. Um, with Wade Graham openly saying that he's going to come off the bench and play as a sort of ball-playing lock style to provide bench cover and utility and not so much playing on that left edge like he has for the last decade or so, um, it just gives Wilton legitimate job security um, as most of their other forwards are all middles. So you're thinking the long-minute guys, you're thinking McInnes, Finucane, Hamlin, Ueli, Kafusi, Jack Williams, he's not, we didn't even mention him before. He's another middle. They're all middles. Um, Wilton, he's 23. 
And in my opinion, he's right for a breakout as a fantasy start on a fantastic team as well. I think he literally checks every single box, you know, unless there's some like Mitch can whip out some sort of injury uh, playbook that I don't know about or some, some red flag. But as far as I'm concerned, he literally ticks every single box. So um, he's honest. If I did this right up first, he would have been the first guy on my team this year. Uh, have you got him in your team, Stu? Uh, look, I'm certainly considering him. So there's uh, basically an edge forward spot, which is kind of combining between Teague Walton, uh, Luke Garner, and uh, sorry, uh, Egan Butcher at the moment. But he's certainly, he's certainly in the running for me. Oh, I also forgot he passed the eye test as well. Absolutely. Like, he's a good player. He's, that, that's, he's, a, that's a lot of box ticks there. He's a very yep. good hole runner. You, you finished getting porked, Mitch? I'm eating it intermittently here, mate. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So, uh, yeah, looking at that, he certainly does look like a very quality player. Uh, he's a very good hole runner. He'll be getting some good ball. I believe he'll be playing outside Matty Moylan. So, and Matty Moylan, strange as it sounds, was number one in uh, try participations last year. So that's where you got like a try involvements. So it's where basically you're involved somewhere in the movement. You're not the last guy to pass the ball, but you were certainly involved in scoring the try. So oh, that's a good nugget. Yeah, that's it. Got 33 last year. The next highest was in the 20s. So you can see that he's involved in scoring a fair few tries. Yeah, right. That's cool. So looking at that, fellas, uh, look, Teague Wilton is certainly a buy. Uh, it's just whether he can beat out in your side. If he can beat out Katoa, Liero, Hopgood, Garner, Egan Butcher, uh, and those type of fellas, and he's certainly he's certainly worth the uh, worth a look if you can afford him. Mitch, would you want him? I think I might find some room for me, mate. It's some in your mouth too, mate. <laughs> mate, I'm trying to get my food down. No, honestly, I I think, and we'll talk about this in our Picking Our Team podcast, but I actually think that Teague Wilton's the first player I've seen this year that does not have a spot that I don't really like uh, across the board. You know, Nick was sort of worried if I had any red flags on him. I, I don't. There's, no, there's nothing. I don't. You know, you're about to talk about someone where I do think there's some bloody red flags, but Teague Wilton's not one of them. Yep. Excellent. So, look, we, we all put him in the boom category. All right. So, let's talk about the next guy. Nick. Mate, CS Ifatakai, the ultimate trap of last year, 601k. I told you. CS Ifatakai, or trap, trap Alakai. <laughs> you had all, like, uh, six weeks to think of this, mate, and it still sucked. Move on. <laughs> Mate, centre, break even at 41. He averaged 42 last year. I don't know why anyone owns him. So he averaged 44.2 in the 17 games he played in left centre last week, last year. So there was nine tackles a game, which is really low for a centre, but he made up for it with 184 running metres per game. So he was doing lots of hard carries, 30% try screen rate, 50% try assist rate, 40% line break assist rate and 80% line break assists rate So and 5.4 tackle bus so uh, loads of attacking stats there um, his first four games at centre guys he scored a 75 45, 68 and 107 for an out four game average of like 74 the rest of the season uh, he averaged 35 so uh, I'm sort of betting on his average sort of being that mid to high 30s and not the lofty heights that he hit last year um, for that you know, Morgan Harper baptism. Uh, I understand he was dealing with shoulder and ankle injuries last year, but look, I'm leaning on Mitch for this one. Uh, can you bank on Talakai sort of cracking out more 40s average based upon um, resolving those shoulder and ankle injuries, mate? Uh, no, because I think he was figured out, as Stu pointed out, and I think it was Stu's call of the year. There, there's a feather in your cap, Stu. That moment where they switched Harper and they put in Talatar Cooler. When an 18-year-old figures you out, mate, I don't care what ankle. 18-year-old, no 80 kilo fella too. Yeah, there's, there's no way his ankle and shoulder was a problem at that point uh, because he cracked out like 105 points in 30 minutes. So maybe he could average 
high 30s, low 40s. But I just don't think he's a good enough, um, you know, athlete. He, yeah, that, well, that's what I was going to say. He's a battering ram and against against the right team. Like, sure, he plays in Georgia, he might have 200. But against most teams, you know, he, he, he may well against Moses Suli. My God, that, that guy cannot defend. Um, but generally speaking, I think that teams are going to work him out. Don't let him get ahead of, spe- ahead of steam and, and you'll be fine. Uh, so, uh, look, he... he and, and, okay, I'll, I'll take it a step further with the shoulder and the ankle. The way he plays, he's going to get more of those injuries. He's not doing tackles. He's, he's charging up full steam. Uh, no, no, um, no uh, you know, consideration for his body. So, okay. uh, c- Can I digress just a tiny bit here? I don't want to turn this into Dragon's Talk, but I did work out something during the week about, you know, how we're talking about Ben Hunt missing tackles. I'm talking about Zach yep. Lomax changing sides. Yeah. So basically the right wing with Lomax played with Ravalara last year was one of the best right defensive edges in the league, right? Sort of top five defensive edge in the league. Their no one wants to run anywhere near Ravalawa. They might get their head taken off. That's it. But okay, also, it. but on the other side of the field, right, was one of the worst in the league. So that was where you had Suli, uh, Ben Hunt, and uh, Fino Brothers, whoever was fit at that point in the season, right? Yep. So... You know, I think they're moving Lomax to stiffen things up. So uh, I guess that was a bit of an interesting thing about why Ben Hunt was missing so many tackles because so much of ball was being channeled down that end of the field. Because once teams worked that out, they were just pumping down that side. Yeah, 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 you're spot on, mate. So I'm just having a look at the tries scored last year. Uh, The Dragons' right edge would rank one, two, three, four. Sorry, the fifth best edge in the Mm. whole league. Mm-hmm. And, and the and the second best right edge defense in the whole league. So yeah, that's a good nugget, mate. Yeah, that's no, just it, interesting. One. So, the, so Stu, are you telling me I should pick Ben Hunt again? No, I don't think we can do that. But I think that we can certainly say that <laughs> Zachy Lomax will be a better defensively, and I think you probably want to three date Benny Hunt because and make sure that he's keeping up that form from last year because I reckon he's probably put a lot of miles in the legs after that last year footy. Because I I need to pick him, guys. Okay, yep, sure. Pick him, Mitch. Yeah, Everyone in Mitch's yep. league, good luck. Anyway, You don't need it. You don't need luck. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, uh, let's talk about another centre who's an interesting guy, sometimes talked about for origin, Jesse Ramian. Mitch, what are we looking at him for 587k? So 587k, uh, his break-even is currently 41. He had a 2022 average of 41.1. He has 1.49% ownership at the moment. Uh, strong start to last season, and he averaged sort of 49.4. Uh, scores of 15, 50, 49, 58, and 75. And I think, Nick, you called that he could be a potential boom-style player, and uh, I definitely was one of the ones to shoot you down on that. So, whoops on that. Uh, further into the season, his scores averaged more between that 20 to 76. Uh, I don't think this average is going to change much, during the year, I think Jesse, like most centers in the league, is going to oscillate up and down. That's why center is just such a difficult position um, to lock down. But if you were looking for someone who isn't like that top, top tier and you thought maybe the Sharks will crack it out early, um, maybe you could go for him. They do have the fifth easier schedule. I personally won't be touching him. I'd rather, I'd rather go premium or go someone real cheap. I just can't justify Jesse. And he does have a suspension in him. He does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, for me, he's one of those guys where if the Sharks are finishing early, he might be one of those guys to buy in that dip. Yep. Round, round 17, round 18 pickup, I think. Chuck a star on that bad boy. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Oh, we're busting Talakai, by the way. He's a bust, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, he, he, if you said Wilton ticks every box to buy, Talakai t- ticks every box to bust. Yep, and look, look, look you know what? Not, not, not to digress too hard on CFC for Talakai and, and make it, you know, a Blues podcast, but dead set Brad Fittler should be sucked as the Blues coach for picking him game three. Like, honestly. Yeah, he was drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah, for sure. Far out. Like, he's meant to be an expert. I could have told you that wasn't a good idea. Anyway, Stu, off you go. Sorry, I just had to get that out there. That's all right. Look, guy we really got to talk about, Nico Hines, most expensive player in the game, Dalian medalist. 984k, 68 break-even. So, look, we don't expect much different from Nico. Largely unchanged team. So you get a goal-kicking, milkshake-drinking number seven with a halves partner who mainly runs attacking raids as a distributor or a ball. 
The downside is that Nico has a harder run this season. So early games against the Rabbitohs, Eels, maybe the Raiders could hurt his scoring. While softer games against the Dragons and Warriors will see him pick up prior to the bye. So this matters because Hines averaged 74 against the softer teams, where the Sharks were dominating ball position, and including a 7-point bump in attacking stats and less negatives, versus games where the ball is more even. So we could see a slight regression as the Sharks have a rougher season this year, but he's still Ooh. a top-tier candidate for your captaincy. Uh, look, and look, you've got to choose between one of between him and Hines as your captain because there's just too much of the cap in them both. Uh, clearing? What? You mean Cleary? Sorry, yes. So you've got to choose uh, one between Hines and Cleary for your uh, starting captain this year because, uh, yeah, I don't think you can afford both. And at the moment, I probably have uh, Cleary a little bit higher just due to the fact that uh, he's got a little bit of value priced into him. So I but, think Nick is at price. But the Panthers are slightly worse this year and the Sharks, as we just said, are virtually the same team. So... Yeah, but, but um, remember, they benefited from that softer run. Their schedule is harder this year. Yeah. Okay, so are you the, 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 the benefit? One? The benefit is for Nico is that he won't play Origin. So whereas clearly mm. you're going to have to miss some games for, I can't see Nico making Origin unless there's some real injuries in the squad. So why be taking Cleary then over Hines if you think you get because more value th- out of him longer term? Because I think that uh, I can move on Cleary around Origin time with the extra trades we have this year and get him back. Yeah, and I, I, think I like I like that place, Stu. I think if you want to finish well, you got to go Cleary early, and then I think we're probably going to hope for a dip in the Origin period, and we'll pick him up again. So you might do a swap from Cleary to Hines. Yeah. So or, or certainly and certainly want Hines from that round seventeen, like that end of that second buy. Uh, yeah, no, when... you definitely won't buy then. But you know, I'm just saying if you if they uh, Cleary and Hines each have a buy in the first um, 12 rounds, right? But you know, you don't have to trade Hines out, whereas you know you do have to trade Cleary out. You know, if they're very much the muchness. Yeah, it's it's just that if if you know you're expecting possibly uh, 30k less and between three to five more points per game. Anyway. Because if nothing else, Cleary's got a, a better kicker at goal, right? He is. He's yep. a better he's field kick. Yep. He's a better field kicker. Yep. Uh, he's he's a slightly less strong runner, but I expect that to pick up this year. Now that he's a full year back to fitness. So I, I just really want to say to everyone that I have the EBGBs about the Panthers this year. I'm just I'm spooked. I'm no, absolutely so spooked. You could have said that Why a few are you weeks spooked? ago. Everyone was spooked a bit last year that they didn't do as well as they could. Remember, they lost, they got trounced by the Eels in the preseason game. And then I believe they smoked everyone all year. Nick, I've been a Patriots fan for 15 years, and during the Bill Belichick Brady run, they always looked poop in the preseason, and then they diced people come the real season. These guys guys don't care. They'll be a step down with the loss of Taylor May and Appy Corusau, but their, their ranks are deep, and they've got the most important positions covered. I still got him as the premiership favourite. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. So, look, Sharkies, I think, will do that well this year. Uh, Nick, where have you got them coming? Mate, third. I, I love the Sharks this year. A lot yeah. like the Rabbitohs. Stability and um, good good coach, good team. No real weaknesses, in my opinion. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I like them. Mitch? I got him in uh, seventh, mate. Awesome. And I've got him sixth. So, uh, yeah, look, we, we both definitely see them sort of somewhere in uh, uh, definitely playing finals. It's just it probably depends on the season about how far up or down that ladder they win. I think uh, it might come down to some of those uh, equal clashes against teams like the Raiders and a few other guys, which may determine whether they end up sort of that top four or just a top eight team. All right, guys, we're going to talk about another team, which is the Seagulls. So uh, let's let's have a look at them. So got their gains, real small gains, guys. Cooper Johns from Melbourne Storm, uh, Nathaniel Roach, Kelma Tuolagi from the Tigers, and Ben Condon from the Cowboys. And they've lost Andrew Davey, uh, Sianu Fainu, Kieran Foran, George Tafua, Martin Tapau, and Dylan Walker. Looking at that, fellas, I think they're probably lost a bit of experience this year because the only starting player that they've really gained there is Camel to a luggy, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I look, I, I think this year, you know, they've re-signed a number of players, which is good uh, for long-term, a couple of those breakout guys. But yeah, I, I would certainly be concerned. All right, let's have a look at uh, the injuries. Mitch, can you take us away while I quickly duck out? Yeah, you're right, mate. Um, Nick, should I start? I'll finish with the best one because I'd like you to be here for this. So, Carl Orton, ACL, he's picked to return uh, round 10. Now, with his position in the second row or front row, unlike, say, the wingers and centers, as we've spoken about before, they tend not to have quite as bad a drop-off uh, on their return, but it's always the three-date rule. It's usually at least three games to get those minutes up, and, you know, I suspect he probably won't be a pickup anyway, so make sure you wait and see with Carl. Jason Saab, so ACL late last year, he's slated to return mid-season now. Jason Saab, he's all about speed. He is the fastest player in the NRL, or, or certainly in the top three. He is going to be significantly hampered by that. I probably wouldn't touch him the rest of the year. I, I would want a preseason under Jason. Um, and, and again, he really isn't much of a fantasy pick, so I'd probably write him off. Josh Alloway, so MCL. He was set to return in the preseason. He's a second row. He should be good to go. There aren't huge amounts of deep of lateral movements he's going to be making. And generally speaking, that's what uh, can cause those uh, MCLs a bit of curry. So no major concerns over Josh. Ruben Garrick, so his season was ended with a shoulder injury. Now, I couldn't find anything out there that he'd had a surgery. So at this point, what I would suggest, given he was ruled out for the rest of the season, is it's likely a rotator cuff issue as opposed to, say, a stability uh, subluxation dislocation injury through the shoulder. Uh, again, given that he, he didn't have surgery, my, my concern level is low because if you're going to do the surgery, that's when you're going to do it at the end of the season. But, you know, at that point, it was done and I suspect they just didn't want to have to go there if it wasn't 100% necessary. Set to return preseason and he has, I believe, Nick played a couple of games. As far as being a fullback, he's not going to be doing heaps of tackling. It's a good spot to have him, uh, which is why I don't like Kalen Ponga, for instance, being at 5'8", given he's had a history of shoulder issues, but we've already spoken about that. And, uh, you know, probably the only thing is, yes, he does run the ball back, so every now and then he could get dumped onto that shoulder, but... As far as playing the NRL goes, it's probably the lowest risk position to be in um, for a shoulder injury. The final one we've got is Tom Dravojevic. So he's had a, a litany of injuries and obviously he season last year was ended with that shoulder dislocation and the consequent uh, surgery on that. I would think largely he'll be reasonably good to go uh, Come the start of the season. He's had plenty of time to recover from that. The big one is that recurrent hamstring injury. And look, Nick, my analogy with Tommy Turbo, I was thinking about on the drive home, Tommy Turbo is like the girlfriend who's cheated on you twice, all right? You take you take that girlfriend back, you don't know if she's going to cheat that third time. It could, could end up with five kids and 50 years of marriage, or the next Chad that she sees walking down the street could be the next target. So the whole thing with Tommy Turbo is it's massive risk and massive reward. So I personally would be waiting at least a game or two to see him play. I need to see these teams uh, playing properly. As I sort of just said, the Panthers clearly are not. And a player like Tom Travojevic, you know, we haven't seen him at the preseason at all, but he's he's not going to play in those games. And even if he did, it's not going to be full tilt. We need to see how he's going. Uh, and I certainly did that a couple of years ago when he cracked it out. I know Chris, one of our listeners, did go on straight away, but the risk of that's too high. I personally would wait two games, make sure he looks the goods. And then if you're feeling it, he has proven in the past he's worth the uh, the risk. But just remember, you know, he's cheated on us a couple of times, so we could get burned. Hmm. Yeah, no, you, you certainly want to see that 2021, Tommy, because that was the first and last time that we've seen that, right? Yeah, and I wonder how much of that comes off that Peter Volandis ball. Like, obviously, they sort of reined that in a little bit last year. I didn't think. And I know Tom is carrying the meniscal injury. And see, the injuries go on. He had the, the darn meniscal injury that recovered, required surgery. I know he was never really at his best, but I did think he was half a pace off what he was in previous seasons. And my sense was that play the ball just wasn't quite as quick and those openings weren't quite as big. And, you know, he's going to be at least half a stride worse with the meniscal surgery and that recurrent hamstring and they, they just cannot quite get that right and part of it I think now is the injuries are starting to stack so while I do think they actually did figure out the hamstring injury those knee injuries are starting to cause problems with the the fix they had to the hamstring and look I don't care how well they taught him to move in America I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference nice okay anyone else left that's all of them mate 
Awesome. Nick, take us away. What's the strength of schedule looking like? Mate, they got the buyers rounds 2, 14, and 19, um, which makes it a bit awkward if you're trying to evaluate Tommy if he plays a game, has a buy, and then it kicks off again. But anyway, they have the fourth hardest overall schedule, guys. So they've got the sixth hardest rounds 1 to 12, the eighth easiest, so really, really a middling sh- uh, schedule over the origin period. The guys have the third hardest run home from rounds 21 to 27. It's not a great start with that awkward but round two bye. So round one, they got the Bulldogs at home, the bye. Round three, they got the Eels at home, but then they got the Rabbitohs away round four, round five. They got the Knights at home, round six, the Panthers away, and then round seven, the Storm at home. So that's a bit yuck, really, <clears throat> in, in terms of trying... I mean, the, the good thing is you will be able to evaluate um, uh, Turbo over that period because he will be tuned up and they will be able to game plan for him pretty well. Uh, he's then followed by some easier games. So you then got round eight, the Tigers, round nine, the Titans, around 10, the Broncos. Um, origin period is fairly okay. Post-origin is just brutal. So you got the Cowboys, Sharks, Dragons, Roosters, Panthers. And then the last three guys are potentially delicious because you got the Warriors away, round 25. Round 26, you got the Bulldogs away. And then round 27, you got the Tigers at home. Now, those three teams have sort of capitulated the last couple of years or so. Um, whether that happens again, we don't know, but just monitor that. That could be for head-to-head players. You know, Turbo could absolutely, or DCA could absolutely tear it up for them. Um, in terms of teams twice, they've got the Bulldogs, Eels, Knights, Panthers, Roosters, Sharks, Storm and Tigers. Uh, really, Seagulls, Guns, guys, will be a go as the run home is clean uh, with the final buy in round 19, which is nice. Uh, Cashies are awkward with the round two buy. They said they do have a good 11 games for the next buy round 14. Um, super cushy file on three, as I mentioned, is juicy for some silly turbo scores a la 2021. And um, in terms of the teams twice, guys, Panthers, Roosters, Sharks, and Storm is just nasty. They are, def- they, they are defensively minded teams. You know the Seagulls, they're going to get smashed in those games. Um, they, they are... Um, the absolute... Oh, what do you call them, Stu? Um, when, when you beat up easy teams, what do you what do you call? Uh, flat, flat track oh, flat bullies. Tra- they're flat. They are flat track bullies for sure. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just how I sort of see the strength of schedule. Nice, awesome. Look, let's have a look, quick look through their uh, predicted seventeen. So. Guys, I know K Weeks has been playing fullback, but it looks like Tommy Turbo is fitting back for round one, so we've got him there. Uh, we've got Christian Tupolotu, or possibly a very good performing KO Weeks on the wing. Centers, uh, looks like Brad Parker is back, along with Tolatau Kula, who looked very impressive during the trials. And on the other wing, we have Ruben Garrick. 5-8th, uh, news is Joshy Schuster has done a minor hamstring strain. Be back around. Uh, Stu, I think it was calf strain. So, so sorry, calf strain. My apologies. That's right. Sorry, mate. Uh, back round three. So uh, it looks like we'll have Cooper Johns at five eighth. Uh, Can I just uh, quickly interject there with Josh Schuster? That's a bit of a red flag for me. Uh, he's picked up a lot of these little niggles, uh, and, and, and it's, I think this is now the third time he's done his calf in the last couple of years. I don't love that. I really don't. Uh, I'm now not sure if it's... I, I was of the opinion last year it was a conditioning issue, but I actually think there could be a propensity for those types of issues. So anyway, just thought before you said anything about Cooper Johns, SG, that that might be worth flagging because that's a bit of a, a red flag for me. For sure. Look, and look, the good news is that we're not worried about Schuster round one anymore anyway. So let's move. Uh, so fortunately, uh, look, probably got to Cooper Johns there, DC at number seven. Now, up forward, a bit of an interesting one. So it looks like Taniele Paseca. And look, they actually played Jakey Javojevic at prop. So whether that stays or not, we'll be interested to see. Uh, we have uh, on the edge, we have Hamole Olokuasu and Kelma Tuolagi. And look, they, they did something a bit interesting for this one, which is they actually had Sean Kepi at lock so i don't know about you guys did any of you guys expect to see sean kepi at lock no not at all not at all for sure and look they had lachlan croker at hooker which you know he's got to be looking over his shoulder because gordon chan Kamtong, he he killed it at he's hooker. good he is good he's a legit player I, he, 
He's just yeah, very small. He, he reminds me of Tommy Starling. Yeah, but but he's a legit footy player. For sure. And look, on the interchange here, look, I reckon we'll see Ethan Bullimore, who actually looked very impressive in the preseason. Uh, look, we'll probably see Josh Alloway. If he's not on the bench, he'll probably be starting. So we'll see him at some point as well. Uh, and then look, the last couple of spots, they're really open for anyone here. Look, Toff, Toff Sipley. And, you know, we could see some sort of utility, maybe Ben Trevojevic. Uh, there's a whole bunch of guys who could fill in that last role there. So that's the 17 that we got there. Sorry, it's a bit sketchy, guys. But unfortunately, the preseason hasn't really shook those last few sides out. And we're going to know in about a week anyway. So uh, moving on, let's have a look here. Tommy Turbo. Uh, Mitch, I know that you've, you've really talked about him. So we're, we're saying chuck a star on Turbo. Is that correct? Yeah, mate, I think we just need to see two games here. And uh, once we've seen that, we'll have a, a good talk about him because I think it'll be pretty obvious from... Well, I, I suppose really we can't consider him till round three, can we? But we at least want to see him in round one and, and three and we'll have a talk about him at that point. For sure. Uh, so so we've sort of penciled him to play centre for Origin. Do you think uh, he'll turn down Origin considering no. uh, you think he'll play? I think he'll play. Okay, cool. Well, that, that makes him even more of a red flag, right? He should play in centres for Manly, and he might not get injured quite so much. But anyway, the threat oh. of Tommy Turbo would be enough to create just as many problems with him at centre as it would at fullback. But that's neither here nor there. You look at Matty Moyland and uh, Jack Bird. How did they turn their injury woes around? They changed positions. Anyway, move on. Look, I've said it before. Next guy, look, I want to talk about real quick. Kelma Tulagi here. So I know that we were looking to see how he did in the trials, and the answer is that he played bloody well. So he scored 53 fantasy points in the second trial. Uh, scored a try, looked very effective running outside ball off Joshy Schuster. But obviously we won't have Josh Schuster there round one. But that did look like a very potent combination of Schuster running into the deep into the line and then feeding good ball uh, good ball straight into to a laggy. So with that in mind, guys, if we saw a little bit more consistency from Tuolagi, would we be interested? 501k on an edge. No. Okay. No, when you consider all the other options out there, um, just to quickly run through, you've got Garner, Wilton, Katoa, Lero, uh, Hopgood. Um, who else am I missing for this sort of mid-range edge sort of players? I just don't... So last year was I think a lot of people would have got burnt. I think um, you got a lot more safer options elsewhere. So um, that that's just my personal opinion. I mean, I definitely have Wilton and Hopgood above him. I would also have Katoa above him. But um, obviously wait till TLT to see what, what happens yes. with those other guys. Yeah, so look, I reckon we check a star in Kelma. Uh, we wait for a couple of rounds to see what's going on. Yep. He's spicy. He's spicy. Fair enough. All right, so... Uh, let's also have a look now. Uh, Sean Kepi, Nick, what are we thinking? Mate, cheapy, 302K is a mid, 21 break even. Uh, no one owns him. Owns him. He's got a 0.73 PPM over the last three years playing in the middle, whether that's at prop, lock, or off the bench. I penciled him in for 35 minutes uh, for 25 fantasy points for around four points of value, but... Um, if he gets a lock spot, obviously he'll get more minutes than that. Um, so if he gets a 40 minutes, he could be spicy for, you know, be in the 30s for average. So there's your 10 points right there. So um, he could be a TLT boom, guys. Um, but at this stage, I've sort of got him as a spicy. Um, yeah. I, I don't think, I think Kepi hasn't been a fantasy performer like for quite a while. So I think the best he can be for us is spicy, right? Short of getting those minutes in that starting spot, yeah. But I tell you what, if he does, I'll probably roll the dice. Hmm. Well, it's hard to find 300k mids that we want this year for sure. That's what I mean. I just saw that and went, mm, that's, that's it's him. Of... It's him and BMM, isn't it? Ben Murdoch Masilla. Yeah, but do you know what the problem with BMM is? He plays for what? St. George. Yeah, that's fine. He but can make at least he tried. His, at least he tried his heart out. So that was he, good he, to see. He did, but the team, the team could capitulate. Anyway. He's two hundred fifty k is all. Uh, that's what I'm saying. He's two hundred fifty k starting edge spot. Like, that there are only two options in my opinion. That sort of price point, right? Yeah, that's right. It's it's a bit barren this year, unfortunately. 
Yep. Okay, last guy that we, uh, Nick, I think, I know you got a couple of guys here. Let's talk about Daily Cherry Evans. Mate, A51K, uh, 59 break even, uh, which is what he averaged last year. Only uh, 2% ownership. Uh, so his second best fantasy output in his career last year. Um, so just to go over the last few years, in 2019, uh, he averaged 51. So he's playing with Kane LG and Dylan Walker at 5'8". So essentially he was drinking all the milkshake. In 2020, he had Lachlan Croker and Dylan Walker, where he averaged 55, uh, so he drank all the milkshake. And over the last couple of years, he's averaged uh, 63.5 and, and 59 with our Lord and Saviour, Fozzer, being 5'8". But this year, he's with Schuster. So uh, the question is how much of the milkshake is he going to drink? I sort of think he's going to keep drinking the same amount of milkshake. Um, he's ultra-consistent, playing 20, 22, and 22 games over the last three years. He's just about turned 34. I'm sort of a bit worried he might start copying some just, you know, injuries, just a bit of age and maybe some muscular tendon injuries. I don't know if you can speak to that, Mitch, at all. But he plays Origin. I just don't think he's a round one pickup personally, so I've got to just go him as a chucker star. Mitch, are you worried about his age at all? He has seemed very durable throughout the majority of his career, I know. And look, the other thing I'd say about DCE is he, he knows how to keep his body out of trouble. He did play... He is professional. He, he and, and he looks after himself. As I said before, not all players look after their injuries the way we might hope or want. Uh, and I do want to say for someone like Schuster, if, if that might be the case, because a reoccurring calf injury is a really interesting one to, to continue to get. Um, and what the one other thing I'd say about DCE is we know he can perform with an injury. So in 2021, he was carrying a groin injury that I believe required a tenotomy, which is, you know, basically they take a bit of the tendon off the bone. Uh, he played through that the whole year and looked fairly unimpeded during that time and was still able to punch out fantasy scores. So while he continues to drink the whole milkshake, I don't think he's a round one pickup because you'd take Cleary um, for, you know, a little bit of extra cash. But he is the sort of player that I think will be, you know, top five, top seven scoring. I, I I know he's 34, but he's a fantastic kicker. He directs traffic. As I said, he knows how to stay out of injury. I think, look, he's definitely a chucker star, but would I hate it if he was in his, in your team? No, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't totally hate it. I remember, you remember last year, his first three or four rounds, he was looking like the top scorer for the year. Yeah, no, I think, I think he is an awkward spot. The round two buys ugly the fact that he doesn't have goal kicking just just takes a little bit of gloss off him Agreed. if he was goal if he, kicking if, if Garrett goes down yeah well if he, yeah if he was goal kicking and he was goal kicking the quality of Hines and Cleary he would certainly be their equal because he drinks the same amount of the milkshake but the fact that he he's just doing all those things it's just just wait for DC uh, there's better times in the season to pick him up uh, but speaking of Garrick Nick oh, he looked impressive in the trials got a triple I believe. What are we thinking about Garrick? Ooh. Mate, 646K as a wing fullback, 45 break even, which is what he averaged in 2022. 2% ownership again. So in his 21 games he played last year before uh, he was ruled out for the year, he played 14 games at fullback for a 47.7 average, seven games on the wing for a 40 average. So um, there was talk of him playing in the centres around... Um, he had a bit of a contract issue. I think the Knights were chasing him to play fullback. Um, and we're pushing for an immediate release, but Manly managed to keep him for this year. Um, we think he's got to play wing again, guys, right? Well, it's it's unclear. It looks like he's going to play wing at least for a little while, possibly when Saab gets back to fitness, I think is when we will see him move to the centre. Yeah, so if he moves to the centres, I'm sort of thinking he's sort of a Zach Lomax-style player, um, sort of mid-40s, uh, including his goal-kicking, obviously. So... I think he could be a gun centre option if uh, Turbo goes down and he plays fullback. So the way I sort of see it is he uh, starts the year like on the wing, right? Loses a bit of value. He then moves to the centres. Um, he could he then gets his DPP. You then have a gun centre for a cheap price. Or if he doesn't get moved to the centres, then obviously Turbo goes down again. You pick him up and he gets the fullback role for the end of the year. Uh, just watch the TL. Just watch his position. I don't think you can pick him up round one. So it's just he's no. a pure chuck of star at the moment. No, he's the most expensive actual winger in the game. So yeah, you can't pick him up. He's out of position. He's like Joey Manu, priced for the position he's not playing. So uh, you will lose a hundred grand on him otherwise, unless uh, the Seagulls go ham like they did in twenty twenty one, 
and I'm not sure any of us see that in their future this year. No, no. Let's so, so just just to round me off, um, I got Talatar Kula, four seventy eight k. He's a DPP, so center wing fullback, uh, thirty three break even. He averaged uh, thirty one point seven last year, four uh, percent ownership, which is a bit interesting. Um, so pays sixteen games at center uh, for a thirty one point eight um, score, but he averaged two games at fullback for fifty three points. So uh, he also played one or two off the bench, I think, which is why his average is a bit off. Um, so he played five reserve grade games of the wing for 33.8. So that's probably why his price has been altered a little bit. Um, uh, really, he did his job last year as a cashy. He will need a position shift to fullback to give the fantasy managers a reason to pick him this year. So I've just got him as a... I don't know. I, I, he looked good, though. Like that try, he... Um, we, we just burnt... Um, who did he burn on the outside in the trials? I can't remember, but... Obviously, he's got like he's got to be the fastest center in the in the league, right, Stu? He yeah, he's certainly got a lot of pace. Uh, he did make Joseph Sawali look very average, uh, if nothing else, because the fact that Joey's so big, he just got absolutely burnt with the change of pace and direction. So I think I think you know we're off Sawali a little bit just because he was shown up that with a little bit of footwork, uh, he can essentially just get his ankles broken. So and cool. Well, he's not a center in my opinion, Suwali anyway. No, but look, he uh I guess we'll find out. He's probably got the talent to do what he wants. But the the interesting part for us at home is that cooler he certainly is interested as that DPP. There's certainly some interest in him. I'm not sure whether there is that much value to gain in him or whether he can reach keeper levels, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hate seeing him in anyone's side. I just don't love the, you know, I'm really big on job security. I just don't like the fact that we're, you know, he could move to the wing if, you know, or fullback and who takes a fullback if Turbo goes. It's just a lot of uncertainty positionally wise. So um, I just wouldn't touch him and, yeah. Oh, look, the round two bias, what hurts it for me. So, yeah, look, I'm avoiding as well. He's a write-off. Yeah, okay. Well, it's, I'm just I'm just going to watch just cool round, round one write-off, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. it. Chuck a star on him. Sweet. Okay. Look, another guy who impressed with the trials, uh, Homole Olakuatu, absolutely cleaned up Joey Suwali, who unfortunately had a bit of a bad night on the town, as did the whole Rooster squad. So he's a real attacking gun last year. He started off hot before a season dropped away after the Jersey scandal, along with most of the Sea Eagles. Just, just quickly, this Jersey scandal has not reaped any benefit for fantasy managers, has it? Despite the fact that team capitulated on the field... Like, there's none of these guys that you go, oh, yeah, their prices are depressed. None of them. Oh, they are down a bit. So here we go. Let me talk about it. Uh, so this, so Olaquad is a bit of an attacking weapon. So he's got a 0.5 try rating, which is huge for Bakura. He averages 5.3 tackle breaks and 103 meters gained. So he had, was on a 54 average up until the Pride jersey. And then a, with a couple of quiet games, a 32 versus the Panthers, 32 versus the Bulldogs, and 33 versus the Eels. But after the missed game round 20, so he had an injury-affected 18 against the Dragons and a 23 against the Raiders. So he, he just really fell away after that. So he actually dropped five points off his average over that time. So he actually looks a little bit like David Fafita. Just those couple of huge damaging runs where he gets the try, try assist or something. He really just cleans people up. So he pumped out some really good scores, and I want to watch him in 2023, but obviously you don't want him round one because of that first buy and that early tough run of Eels, Rabbits, Knights, Panthers, and Storm. So I want to, I'm hoping that he actually takes a dip to the 600k mark or so, and then if we see him getting good ball from DC and Schuster, I reckon he gets back to those attacking stats. He just looks so ugly to try and stop near the line. We just watch... You know when you see people bounce away from a car, it's just an unequal contest. You know where they go over the hood. That's kind of like when he's got those bumper bars up, man. It's like when a four-wheel drive hits someone, they just go underneath the wheels. So he just he just crashes through the opposition. So here's a hypothetical for you: Who would you prefer to tackle, kick out or Olakwati? <laughs> yeah, I prefer to tackle yeah. kick out. I prefer to be tackled kick by Olakwati. Kikau might not catch the ball, so it might not be a problem, whereas Olaquato probably will. No, but Olaquato, uh, sorry, Kikau will line you up, so I would want to be tackled by Olaquato. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so with that in mind, right, he's an elite 
uh, he's an elite edge. I reckon he'll be top five this year. I'm going to keep an eye on him. And if I can pick him up during a dip, if I can trade up one of these uh, edges that I can to a guy like him or Fafita, like, you know, one of these guitars or whatever else at some point, I would definitely do it. He's not going to play Origin. He should be sweet. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, love it. I'll, I'll be doing that as well. Yeah, look, he looks good. And the answer is the first five games, we'll get that eye test with him anyway. Now, the next guy, Josh Schuster, look, he's injured, guys. He's not playing till round three. Uh, so don't have him in your squad. You can't have 500 casing in the center. And the answer is, uh, he in 2022, his half average was 20, 34 points. He's priced at 33. They stuffed around with his value, unfortunately, on FanHub. He should be at 250K. They messed him around. They moved into 475. So they just took away all the value that there was with him. So, again, just wait on Josh Schuster until he can prove he's worth more. And the last guy, uh, who was a bit of a, a fantasy flyer from the trials, KO Weeks. Uh, set up a few tries, scored a try himself, looked really impressive. He may jag a wing spot over to Pilotto, but he's more than likely to f- also fill in for Turbo in 2023 because Garrick might stay on the wing. And he looks very impressive. Different body shape. A bit more cross between Dylan Edwards and uh, a couple of those guys can do a bit of ball distribution. So yeah, definitely impressed for him. So if he does get a wing spot, he I reckon I'd be taking a shot on him just because Akashi with that uh, that halves combination there certainly worth a look on and we know that he moves really silkily Nick did you get to watch him at all during the trials nah mate nah I I didn't catch him okay well look let me just you know let let me just pull up those stats real quick hey KO weeks so I got him here 64 fantasy points 11 runs for 130 meters uh, a line break line break assist 3 try assists uh, 1 dummy half run an offload uh, a couple of dummies a decent tackle efficiency so he basically he just carved them up through the middle either in supporting plays or just making through the uh, attacks himself so he's he looks like a real weapon coming through guys the Seagulls have really prioritised speed haven't they That's in it. their well, squad imagine if you had him you had Saab you had Cooler like this just yeah, Turbo. That, that is a lot of speed. Even Garrick's not a slow man. They no, almost he's, he's they good. almost have too much speed though. You need like a little bit of of, of grunt. No, no, no. Hear me out here, right? Because what do you what do you sacrifice with speed? You sacrifice size and the ability to to make tackles and lots of tough runs. So you're working in the clinic, right? Who are the guys who are going to get busted fastest? It's the sprinters, right? I don't treat too many marathon players. They're too tough for that. So it's real risk reward. So they did their recruiting based upon 2021 uh, Volandi's ball, right? Yep. Yeah, I also think that they've just they've done really well because their association with Blacktown Workers, which I know is wrapping up, but they've just picked a real bunch of good guys out of Western Sydney. Absolute yeah. real species and some giants as well. So uh, I know guys, people have been talking about some of the forwards in there, but look, uh, even with Kepi, like I, I just really can't promote any of these forwards too much, like Toff, Sipley, and these other guys. There's just there's no certainty. I remember it's Seabold guys. Who knows? Like I'll put that. Yeah, we, in we, even, we even mentioned that. Like, um, what's his impact potentially going to be from a fantasy point of view? None, right? Well, oh, I don't. I don't know, man. I, Manly might struggle. Well, we want to watch because he inherited a side which is a couple of injuries away from struggling. So I don't know whether you can say that he's causing them to struggle. Perfect I, situation for him because you can't blame him this time around. <laughs> no, you can't. It's but, a good team though. Like, it, there's no real weaknesses in the team, right? There, there is, which is look outside the top 17. That's where it starts to fall away real quick, right? You don't have next guy up, you know, Australian schoolboy, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, yes, he got KO Weeks, right? And Ben Travojevic. After that, sort of spots 20, 21, 22, 23, starts to get pretty ugly, man. So, like, Cooper Johns plays okay. So Cooper Johns, man. <laughs> yeah, Cooper Johns was so good that they iced him in the storm. So, yeah, I, I, I'd just be struggling there. 
Anyway, uh, look, let's. I think that's. Is that the end of the list of guys that we want to talk about? Yep. Excellent. Just having a look through the rest of the squads. Yeah. I'm, Not I'm, much meat on the bay, eh? Well, that round two buy, unfortunately, is so ugly. The only good thing is that we get one game where we get to see how they're going to go. And you get to sit and you get to think about it. And they've, depending on how things go, there might be some good exit caches or options in that team for, you know, by round two or three, you've got those guys who you like, actually, they're not performing. Let's get rid of them. That's like Bear Furmore for me last year. <laughs> no, guys that we should be getting rid of, Mitch. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guys that we should be getting rid of uh, we will have that option in front of us. So, look at this, guys. Where do you think they're going to end up this year, Mitch? I've got them at 16th with the Seabolt factor. The only team that's below them is the Newcastle Knights. You reckon the Dragons on top? I, I did before Charity Shield. Not I'll, 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 I'll make a sandwich bet on that. I'm happy to make it. Mate, I don't you know have them how 16th? bad... They might have to create a new spot for St. George. They're going to be so bad. It's like, we can't give you the spoon. We've got to put you at 18th. You're that awful. Like. You lost to the buy. Yep. <laughs> no, seriously, sandwich bet? No. Seagulls I, 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 I can't take... Uh, it's not because I don't think the Seagulls will be pooped because I think they're a Tom Trojevich injury from being that. I just think St. George, I don't know how bad they could be. And, and I think they're culturally about to implode. If they don't win two or three games, they, they could be in really bad, big trouble. Fair enough. Nick, what have you got to miss? Uh, 13th, mate. I'm a bit more optimistic. I think they could crack the eight if um, uh, that, I actually do. I'd take a sandwich on that. No, I'm not doing that. I just think they've got potential. <laughs> I, I, I see a lot of upside in this squad because they've got, they got a good four pack, like decent props. Um, they've got a bit of toughness in them, but, and, um, you know, hopefully they got past all the issues that they had last year. That's Until it. Pride round. That's what well, I'm saying. Th- yeah, they're issues, not doing you know? that Hopefully anymore. They're past it. So yeah. I, I think they've learnt the lesson there. I think that the guys have had a full preseason to get over themselves and over each other, uh, or not, uh, whichever feels right for them. And I think that uh, look, this side certainly, if it can keep its on the park, will perform better. But look, I, you will take some injuries and some casualties along the way. Those depth issues will come into play. I reckon Nick Nick's around right 13th, so on the cusp of the bottom four. But look, they could make a run to the eight. There's a number of teams. Like those last, what, two to three spots in the eight, they're going to be filthy t- tough to get into this year, yeah? There's a lot of average teams, though. So so just, just so that we're kind of in agreement here, we're kind of saying that, look, we can kind of see the top five or six teams in the league, yeah? Uh, yep. Panthers, Roosters... Storm, Rabbitohs. Yep, so far so good. Sharkies. No. Yep. Cowboys. No, no, yep, I'm yep. not saying in that order. I've got I've got the Bulldogs in there instead of the Sharks, but yes, otherwise. That's bold. So well, you man, knuckleheads what's you what's knuckle, pork you got. You, you knuckleheads convinced me <laughs> to do it. Easy. So <laughs> yes, the short answer is you, yeah, I, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, so there's last couple of two spots and look, anyone can roll in. We saw what happened to the Raiders last year, they just kind of snuck in there. Well, I, I think, Stu, just to, to go on your point, so if we take the Bulldogs out and put the Sharks in, which is probably more reasonable, you've got the Bulldogs, the Eels, the Tigers, the Broncos, the Raiders, and even, I suppose, the Titans, and possibly the Seagulls, heck, let's throw them in there, who are all vying for, like, two spots. That's it. And then down the bottom of the pile, we probably we got the Knights, the Dragons, the Warriors, probably. The Sorry, Dolphins. fellas. The Dolphins. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's kind of where we got there. And look, the Eels and look, the Eels could possibly, if they work out their injuries, could push their way into as well. Because if nothing else, they've got a career history of upsetting those big teams, don't they? Like yeah, they, they're grand finalists, weren't they? Yeah, they aren't that same beast anymore, though. No, um, but but they still upset the, the Panthers the, the during Eels, the regular the Eels season. Has, yeah, yeah, the Eels window shut though. They had to do it last year, but Panthers is just too darn good. Yeah, but like. Like who was um who was Isaiah Papali'i before he came to the Eels? They made him into that player. That's true. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I think the Tigers. You know what? I think the Tigers could be this year's Cowboys. But anyway, I really like the look of the Tigers. If um yeah. the word on the street is Bateman's in the team, right? He, Bateman's he's got in the lead. team, and he's, he's in the country. That could have, he could be oh. playing round one. 
Jeez, they're spicy. Tigers are so spicy. Back five is trash, mate. That is a trash back five. Yeah, I reckon they should be the team of Boom and Bust. No, like, no, I'm going to no, follow no. the Tigers. No. Tiger no, Town. They, they, their back five is so trash. It is like... Back terrible. five doesn't matter if your forward pack's rolling teams over. Just saying. That's true. If And if you've got halves who have actually learned how to just distribute for once, if Benji's taught them actually how to pass their edge back rowers oh, and now centers... I'm not- now I'm not convinced Benji himself doesn't know how to pass properly. I swear him at St. George. God damn. <laughs> it's over. Never mind. Oh, I'll take then. it back. Sheen's no okay, oh, now I'm, back, I'm back on board. I'm back on board. <laughs> Mitch, uh, our fair weather friend. So, yeah. <laughs> mate, have you got anything else for us to talk about tonight or are you done? Not not so far as I'm aware. I, I think I've, I've left it all out there on the field as I do every week. <laughs> oh, mate, you're cut after that one. How about you, Nick? No, mate, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Look, thanks for the, uh, the potty boys. And I'm appreciate- looking forward to the start of the season, right? Yeah, definitely. So we got, as of this recording, uh, six days to go. So we're all tooling up here. I know Mitch is, Mitch is working up his best excuses for the preseason. Uh, you, you know, working them all out and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I've got a few goodies. Don't worry. That, you know, I, I, I'm locked and loaded. I, I just to, out of out of curiosity, where do we think I'm going to finish in my own league? Do I crack the top eight this year? No way. <laughs> you got to pay off a lot of people, dude. No way. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, I'm scared. Oh, oh, are we doing the charity thing for the leagues this year, Nick? Did you pay up your charity for? I think it was like you know, it was like four hundred bucks, mate. No chance. I'm going to give you a redemption challenge this year, Nick. So this is your redemption challenge. For every spot you finish better than 100, we'll take $5 off your debt. So, you know... What, you are starving children in Africa? Yeah, so, yeah exactly. No, never mind them. So 99 is $5 off your debt. 50th would be $250 off your debt. And obviously, first clears the debt. Nah, no way. Oh... <laughs> No, what's the what's the what's the downside? There's got to be some downside to it. Yeah, ten dollars for every place over a hundred. <laughs> We're gonna send him bankrupt. He's a new father of you. Anyway, look, I'm sure the people at home, like you know, will work out some way for Nick to uh, to pay his debt to the starving people of Africa. I'll, I'll do a nudie run for him. <laughs> oh, oh no, they're suffering I'll, enough I'll... as it is, Nick. <laughs> All right. Anyway, look, thanks everyone for coming tonight. Thanks, Nick, for joining us. Mitch, as well. Uh, this is the Boomer Bust NRL Fantasy Preseason Podcast for our last team review 2023 signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boomer Bust Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.